Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. <clears throat> Hi, thank you. Hi, my name is Pete McCall, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the All About Fitness podcast. Hi, my name is Pete McCall, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the All About Fitness podcast. Hey, this episode is picking up where I left off. And that's me reading my book, Smarter Workouts, to you. I wrote the book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple, to help you understand how to use exercise and how to design your own exercise programs so that you can enhance your quality of life. I've been educating personal trainers for a number of years. I've been a personal trainer for about 25 years. This will be, 2023 will be my 25th anniversary of being a personal trainer Now, I've been educating personal trainers for about 20 years, and I wrote Smarter Workouts because I want you to have the same knowledge as a personal trainer when it comes to designing your own workout programs, why you should do one type of exercise over another, why you should do one type of movement over the other, and that's why I'm reading you Smarter Workouts so you can follow along and be able to apply this information to your own workouts. You can pick up a copy of the book, there'll be a link down below in the show notes, or just listen and follow along and and pick up something new and learn a little bit more about exercise. So this is from chapter two of Smarter Workouts. The name of the chapter is Movement and Intensity in Practice. When it comes to exercise, having consistent habits is important. However, staying with the routine that you've been following for an extended length of time may actually work against you because performing the same exercise program for too long can lead to a plateau where no more physical changes occur. While any form of regular physical activity provides some benefits and is better than doing nothing at all, changing your workouts on a regular basis can help ensure that you continue to see results. To get the best results, it's important that an exercise program is challenging but not too hard. Because exercise that is too intense or increases in difficulty too quickly could cause an injury. The general adaptation syndrome, identified by endocrinologist Hans Selye, describes how the physiology of the body adapts to a physical stimulus such as exercise. When beginning an exercise program, an initial alarm phase of one to three weeks occurs during, uh, occurs during which the body recognizes that a new stimulus is being applied. This is followed by an adaptation phase of four to 16 weeks during which the body adapts to the stimulus and becomes more efficient at tolerating it. Finally, after an extended period up to 12 to 16 weeks, the body reaches what is called the exhaustion phase, during which the stimulus no longer has a significant effect. This is very much, and you have to understand, my undergraduate degree is actually economics. I have a master's degree in exercise science, but in undergrad, I studied economics. And economics is all about trying to optimize your time. You're trying to get maximal return on an input, on your your input of supply. You have demand, you have supply, we know that. 
Exercise, I approach exercise the same way as an economic challenge. With exercise, we have a finite input of time, but yet our demand from exercise is that we want a significant output of exercise. So I've always approached exercise from an economic point of view, which is how do we add up? How do we, how do we match our, our demand for results from exercise with our supply of time? So when we look at, when you hear me talk about time, understand there's a lot of variability in time because a program could be eight weeks or 12 weeks or however long, what really matters is the amount of intensity and the consistency with which you do a program. So let's get back to it here. When creating your own workout program, the biggest challenge can become how to identify and perform the most effective exercise from each category for your particular needs. There are three general modes of exercise. One, mobility. Mobility is a combination of reducing muscle tightness, increasing tissue extensibility, and improving joint range of motion. Two, core strength. Core strength enhances force production and coordination of the muscles that control the body's center of gravity, enabling them to perform greater amounts of physical work. And three, metabolic conditioning. Metabolic conditioning uses the cardiorespiratory system to place oxygen in the bloodstream and pump it along with the, with the energy substrates to working muscles. So what I just did was I defined three primary modes of exercise. Mobility, we generally call it flexibility, but that's a little incomplete. So you have mobility, you have core strength, which could also be strength training, and then you have metabolic conditioning. Those are the three primary components of exercise that should be in any exercise program. Mobility exercises can reduce muscle tension and improve joint range of motion, both of which are essential for enhancing overall movement efficiency. Mobility training can improve coordination and dynamic balance, as well as reduce the risk of injury from repetitive movements or lack of movement. Strength training improves the ability of the core muscles to generate force, which both expends energy, burns calories, and results in better looking, more aesthetically pleasing muscles. Strength training exercises help improve muscle force output, which can elevate resting metabolism, the ability to burn calories while at rest, which can, uh, uh, the ability to burn calories while at rest, enhancing functional performance in a variety of activities and preventing the risk of developing a number of chronic diseases and health conditions. Strength training improves the ability of core muscles to generate force, which both expends energy, burns calories, and results in better looking, more aesthetically pleasing muscles. Strength training exercises help improve muscle force output, which can elevate resting metabolism, the ability to burn calories while at rest, enhancing functional performance in a variety of activities, and preventing the risk of developing a number of chronic diseases and health conditions. Metabolic conditioning enhances the ability to move oxygen and nutrients to working muscles, as well as remove metabolic waste, thereby allowing muscles to continue to perform a particular activity. The benefits of metabolic conditioning include increasing energy expenditure for weight loss and improving the efficiency at which the heart pumps blood around the body to working muscles. Exercise is a function of integrated movement patterns that require numerous muscles to coordinate their actions not separate, isolated, or discrete muscle actions. The human body is designed to move. And one of the most important benefits of consistent exercise is that it will improve your ability to move without any physical discomfort. Most likely, this improvement will create the desire to move more often, 
which is the foundation of making physical activity a lifelong habit and achieving and maintaining optimal health. A well-designed exercise program will include all three methods, mobility, core strength, and metabolic conditioning. But if you want to improve muscle definition, your primary focus should begin on strength training. If your goal is to improve flexibility to avoid a number of repetitive stress injuries while enhancing movement skill, the focus should be on mobility training. Finally, if you're exercising for the purpose of specific endurance training, like participating in a race or weight loss, you'll want to emphasize metabolic conditioning to improve your cardiorespiratory efficiency. Metabolic conditioning at lower steady state intensity will draw on aerobic pathways that primarily metabolize fat for fuel. Higher intensity metabolic conditioning, either interval or steady state, will use anaerobic pathways and help you increase the length of time you can exercise before fatigue sets in. This is just going through the three components that we should be doing in almost every workout, mobility, strength, and metabolic conditioning. Of course, some workouts can focus on one component way more than the others, but we should really be designing workouts that address all three. Let's get into mobility training. Improving mobility first before doing higher intensity exercises for core strength or metabolic conditioning can help establish a foundation for long-term success. If you're not doing mobility or flexibility training regularly, it's probably because you either don't have the time or don't know how to do the exercises in a way that will make a difference in your body. There are a variety of stretching techniques. The one you're most likely familiar with is static stretching. Holding a stretch for 30 seconds or so, causing the muscle to relax and lengthen. Static stretching can help reduce tension, but it does so by reducing nervous system activity in the muscle fibers, which is not necessarily the best thing to do prior to being active. Static stretching is best saved, therefore, for the end of a workout. While stretching does provide benefits like reduced soreness or improved joint motion, a workout consisting only of static stretching would be relatively dull. And if it's dull, it's unlikely that you would make it a regular habit. Proper mobility training, on the other hand, challenges your nervous system by using movement patterns that integrate motion in both the upper and lower body segments together, which improves contraction of the motor units while lengthening both the contractile component of muscle as well as the elastic connective tissues. The resulting exercises provide numerous benefits such as enhancing the ability of your nervous system to activate muscles, increasing circulation to working muscles, and reducing tension in tight muscles, as well as improving joint range of motion. Mobility exercises can provide low to moderate intensity workout solutions that can be used to improve movement skill or promote recovery the day after a really hard exercise that leaves you sore. Just a little heads up and, and to promote my upcoming book about recovery, that's one of the things I go into with recovery is that sometimes if you're really sore from a workout, if you have a really hard workout, strength training, power training, you sprint to fatigue, sometimes the best thing you can do the next day is a low intensity workout. No, you don't want to get, get your heart rate up too fast and you don't want to get out of breath. But if you're sore from a workout on one day, on a Monday, if your Monday workout made you sore, you don't need to do a hard workout on Tuesday, but getting out for some movement on Tuesday could help you feel better. Now let's get, get back to it. Remaining in sedentary positions for an extended time or restricting movement patterns to predictable, repetitive motions could lead to significant loss of elasticity from fascia and elastic connective tissue, 
which can greatly change the function of a joint and reduce its range of motion. Likewise, repetitive cyclic actions performed in a single, linear plane of motion could cause collagen adhesions that restrict extensibility, the ability of muscle, fascia, and elastic connective tissues to lengthen and shorten, limiting joint motion and restricting mobility. Injuries to loss of joint mobility, injuries, sorry, injuries related to the loss of joint mobility are preventable because the superficial layers of fascia have a loose density and fibers respond to the multidirectional forces by layering and aligning in multidirectional patterns. The dense, thick ligaments and tendons that connect bony structures are organized in a unidirectional pattern. Many common injuries restricting joint mobility can be related to fascia and connective tissue being loaded repetitively beyond its existing capacity. So what I'm writing about there is one of the, one of the downsides, one of the risks about doing repetitive exercises, of doing the same exercises over and over again, is that you could, your body creates fibroblasts and fibroblasts can become modeled and either become muscle tissue or connective tissue. So fibroblasts can become collagen, and if you do the same repetitive motions, fibroblasts could become collagen and model along the lines of stress in your body. And that creates adhesions and knots which limit the ability of the muscles to slide against one another. So yes, doing the same exercises over and over again, following the same program repeatedly, could actually be, be causing adhesions that restrict your overall mobility. So let's get back to it. For example, individuals who spend a large portion of time seated can, de can develop collagen adhesions between the layers of large muscles responsible for flexing the hip, picking the knee up from waist height when in a standing position. In this case, the tightness from the hip flexors can limit the ability of the femur to extend behind the hip by reducing the nervous system activity to the muscle motor units of the gluteus maximus, the primary muscle for hip extension. This changes the function of the muscle and the mobility of the joint. However, physical activities, including exercise, that require multidirectional movements at a variety of speeds can create more elastic, resilient fascial structures that allow for optimal loading of mechanical energy while improving joint mobility. The ability of fascia and elastic connective tissue to lengthen allows the joint to move through a complete range of motion, supporting optimal joint mobility. If joints designed to be mobile allow unrestricted freedom of movement, it can reduce stress across the entire system and lower the risk of injury. Quote, if one's fascial body is optimally elastic and resilient, then it can be relied upon to perform effectively while offering a high degree of injury prevention. End quote. That's a quote by Robert Schleip in his book about fascial fitness, which came out about a decade ago. And what he's talking about, and here's the thing. If you're sitting right now, if you're staying seated too long, you could be causing tightness and shortness in your hip flexors. Tightness and shortness in one muscle can, can change the function of the muscles on the other side of the joint. So tight hip flexors could be changing how your glutes function and restrict the ability of the glutes to work properly. So it's very, under, it's very important to understand how your different muscles work together. Let's get back to this. Like the spokes of a wheel, muscle, fascia, and elastic connective tissue establish a balanced transfer of forces throughout the entire skeletal structure. Fascia is organized between each individual muscle fiber or bundles of fibers known as fascia cells to accommodate three-dimensional forces, mitigate stresses, and create an equilibrium to establish an efficient structure in the human skeleton. 
fascia possesses an ability to adapt and recreate its structure, its structure relative to applied forces, compressive and tensile forces from exercise, and other physical activities ultimately determine whether fascia has a linear or multidirectional structural pattern. Repeated application of strain and tensile forces can increase the density of fascia, enhancing its ability to dissipate these forces. Because they remodel their architecture in response to applied stresses, even to the microscopic level of individual cells, fascia and elastic connective tissue play an important role in adapting to the applied physical demands of exercise to enhance physical activity. During extremely cold weather, it is common to practice to allow your car to warm up so the engine can function properly. Your body functions the same way. In order to properly prepare for activity, performing a series of mobility exercises can warm up and prepare your body to function its best during the more strenuous parts of your workout. Exercises based on integrated movement patterns are a form of active stretching because your muscles actively take the joint through its entire range of motion. This can be an effective strategy to enhance mobility prior to a workout because mobility exercises can elevate body temperature, increase the blood flow, and activate the motor neurons of the muscles and tendons about to be used. For the, for the same reasons, mobility-specific workouts are great for the days after high-intensity strength training or metabolic conditioning to help reduce soreness and promote recovery. Mobility training feature, features bodyweight exercises that integrate the upper and lower body segments together to learn efficient movement patterns and are an excellent option when you want to move in a way that does not put too much stress on your body or want to promote recovery from a strenuous workout. Because mobility exercises are specifically designed to help increase joint range of motion, tissue extensibility, dynamic balance and coordination without working to a point of fatigue or discomfort, they should be considered low to moderate intensity. Here's an important takeaway. Exercise does not have to be hard or crushy to be effective. Yes, if you want to make changes to your body, it is necessary to do some extremely challenging workouts that create a metabolic or mechanical overload, either of which can leave you feeling exhausted and drained. However, it's also completely appropriate to do some workouts that focus only on low-intensity movements that use your muscles for work but are below intensity thresholds that cause mechanical or metabolic fatigue. Mobility exercise programs can also be done during periods of high stress or busy schedules when you want workouts that help you feel invigorated and more energetic as opposed to fatigue or crushed. And really right there in that section, I didn't realize that, but reading in that section pretty much previews what I go into detail in my book on recovery. Because really, mobility training, yes, mobility can help us move better. Mobility training can help reduce the risk of getting an injury like a muscle strain or a fascial strain, a tendon strain, but it also helps with balance and coordination and is a great way to recover. So there you have it. That's the first part of chapter two from Smarter Workouts, titled Movement and Intensity and Practice, really going into mobility training. The next section of the book, I'm going to be talking about strength training and metabolic conditioning, specifically the science of strength training and metabolic conditioning. So come back next to the next episode. If you want to get more information about how your body adapts to exercise, pick up a copy of Smarter Workouts. There'll be a link down below in the show notes. Hey, if you want to learn how exercise slows down the aging process, and it does, exercise can slow down the aging process, pick up a copy of Ageless Intensity. In Ageless Intensity, I go through the science of how high-intensity exercise really can slow down the effects of 
how time affects our bodies. Hey, no matter what, how exercise affects your body, I got you covered. Keep coming back to All About Fitness. You can check my Instagram. Uh, that Instagram is All About Fitness Podcast. That's All About Fitness Podcast on Instagram. Hey, as always, thank you for stopping by. And I do look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.